Welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Diaz. I'm Chris. I'm Marissa. And I'm Scott. And we are keeping you in the loop of the guitar community. This episode is brought to you by Lambertone Pickups. Uh, we have a demo coming out of the Cremas that they sent us in, and they've been nice enough to be sponsoring us for the past few episodes. So go check them out. Check them on Instagram. Um, if you buy something from them, let them know that you heard them heard it from us, because that would be great. And if you are uh, possibly listen thinking about sponsoring, you can shoot one of us a message, Scott, Chris, Mercer, and I. Or you know, we have an email, email address for the podcast. I'm, well, I don't know what it is. That's why I was going <laughs> to set it up for someone uh, to tell them. The email address is theeffectsloop at gmail.com. Yeah, so shoot us an email. We'll get something set up. Uh, that way we could help. Well, I don't think they need our help getting their name out there. Maybe they do. <laughs> we can make something happen. So shoot yeah. us an email. So we're going to go into our what's new. Chris, what you got? Uh, Marissa and I finally picked up our bass last weekend. What uh, what model bass is it? Uh, do you want to talk about it? It's a jazz bass. Okay. Well, I don't know what else you want me to say. <laughs> it's sparkling and blue. She, she gives she well, gives like the perfect like man description. It's a jazz bass. It's sparkly. It's blue. That's what I got. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, picked up the body off of Reverb for like what eighty bucks, seventy five, something like 50. that. It was fifty. Oh, it was fifty. It was in like horrible <laughs> shape. Somebody like stripped it, had routed. Uh, they had. Wait, how did they do this? I think they like filled in an original P base, uh, like the pickguard pickup route. Mm-hmm. Uh, put in a p base pickup and then i think they filled that and rerouted it with another p base yeah that sounds like you bought it from me something i would do <laughs> just a horrible just, we were talking before the show we we're doing a, a pre-episode i was talking about how i've got a telecaster and everyone's like i just don't see you with a telecaster because i haven't played it in so long i was like yeah because i did a crappy job putting a um, bigsby on it but you guys should post like before and after pictures on the instagram yeah, I think uh, she has those, so I'll let her do that. So what are you doing with it? Uh, Playing it, I hope. Right, well, hopefully soon. I got to put the tuners on it, and then after that, I need to take it in, get the nut installed, and get it all wired up and set up, and then it should be good to go. What type of pickups are you putting in it? Uh, the standard Mexican uh p base pickup or jazz bass pickups yeah i've actually mm-hmm. uh, the it's funny because like pickups for fender on their mexican guitars the the electric guitars six strings are like hit and miss but like i've never heard a mexican bass that sounds really bad yeah i've heard uh a certain other podcast host knock on jazz basses that are made in mexico a bit well they're not on this one now are they (laughs) i don't even know where the body came from it could be like a no-name import for all i know it's like building like kazakhstan yeah (laughs) random country (laughs) uh let's see so i guess that knocks out chris and marissa at the same time unless marissa has something going on well i had fun 
glittering pickards this weekend. Oh, yeah. You did do the... I think it's going to be like glitter on glitter. No. It's going to be crazy. No, no that's not, not it? this project. No. So you're glittering another pickguard for another project? For no project. For no project. She just was glittering pickguards. Oh, wait, Possibly wait. Possibly to sell. Oh, oh, I was about to say that... Yeah, because you've got the straps coming out soon. Hopefully. Which we're not allowed to know anything about. Yeah, I don't even know. So Listen, let's have a race. <laughs> if I can put the demo out before the straps come out. <laughs> let's see which one happens first. I really I know I'm actually going to knock it out this week like for real this time. So before, before I get like before I have like people like knocking on my door like sir, please do the dang demo. Or we're going to yeah, repossess the pickups. will be coming to your door being like, please get this done. He's like, like for real, dude. I, he, I think he lives, I think he's based out of one of the Carolinas. I think it's probably North Carolina. So he's actually not that far away from me because I'm in East Tennessee. So <laughs> my address is. <laughs> She's going to come uh, so repossess your SG and just be like, this is mine now. No, like if anyone <laughs> tried to take the SG, it's like definitely one of those out of my cold dead finger situations. Like, the only reason I'd, like, sell one is, like, my entire life was getting repossessed at the time, and I had to sell it. So, Scott, what you got new? Uh, not a ton new this week. Um, I I did have a piece of equipment fail today, so I'm, I'm going to be a different piece of equipment. Um, <laughs> I would hate so, to be a piece of your equipment. Because oh gosh, that sounded kind of weird. When, but um, <laughs> when you have as many cables going on as I do, you know your your likelihood of failure is high. Um, what, what cable was it? Who uh, you it? know those. Um, so a while ago, I put uh, an in ears cable in TechFlex with a quarter inch cable. Uh -huh. um, mm -hmm. And so those are really handy, and they're great on stage for what we're doing. I loaned one out today, and he was saying his right ear was going in and out, in and out, in and out. So I think I got a bad connection somewhere or like the strain relief is starting to go or something like that. Did you make so, that one or did you buy it? I that? did. I did. I made them. Oh, uh, okay. You can buy them. Um, I I like forget how much I get. Them. Yeah. Sinusoid. I, I've gotten quotes from them on that before because people have asked me about it and I'm like, I really don't want to make them for other people because <laughs> uh, tech flexing things takes a while and it's mm -hmm. just annoying and... Well, how do how do you tech flex something like for the people who don't know? Because I totally so, know, but like some people don't. <laughs> it it's one of those things that when you push it together, it's it will get bigger in radius. So okay. like like a Chinese, like Chinese finger, finger trap. Finger, yeah, there yeah. you go. So uh, you just kind of bunch it up and and push it on, but it just takes forever. Or I'm doing it entirely wrong. I don't know, but I always thought it was something like you'd heat up. But then, but then I found out the real way, like before you just told us. So, uh, are, are, you're thinking yeah, shrink you're thinking, tube, aren't you? Yeah, shrink grip. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's I, I mean, there's <laughs> shrink tube and stuff on that. And it, it, I put a lot of work into the first round, but I just I haven't had the energy to make another batch because I just don't want to. <laughs> I I have like four people who want one now, and I gotta. I just keep kind of putting it off. But well, yeah, good thing that's, you're not doing a demo for them. So, yeah, I don't have to do any demos. <laughs> some some fool got me into that. Oh, speaking of the fool, that's oh, that's a nice segue. Yeah, 
Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Uh, so uh, Matthew's effects, uh, if you haven't checked them out, you should go check them out. Um, and uh, they make some amazing pedals. Uh, their biggest pedal, I think, that they've really put out was the Astronomer um, mm-hmm. Reverb. That's That was their, like... They they came out with pedals before, and then they did a rebranding, and uh, they really hit their stride with the Astronomer. I think that was the one that kind of put them on the map. Uh, Drew Shirley from Switchfoot has one, and there's quite a few big players who use them. Uh, but he's got a group called uh, Matthews Effects Innovators something, so you can find the group. It's not a big deal to get into. Um, it's a yeah. big secret. That's not secret. Yeah, pretty much. Like, <laughs> whenever, and he's coming out with limited run pedals. Uh, if you ever see a picture of my board, I've got a wood topped uh, pedal. That is the father. It was a limited edition that has three different reverbs in it. It's got the Astronomer, the Astronomer Gold, which has um, a self repeating mix on it. Uh, and then it's got the Cosmonaut, which is his other big reverb, which is a modulated reverb, which sounds amazing. And then. Um, he came out with a few other pedals, but the last pedal he came up with was April Fool's Day. It's called The Fool, and we didn't know what was in it. Literally, it was $150, and you're taking a gamble. You don't know what, what you're getting. So it surprisingly sold pretty well. Uh, it probably I'm waiting to get like a box of empty, like <laughs> just emptiness, and he's like, no, 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 for real, that's what you got. But um, I've got that ordered, and I ordered another item that – we will talk about later, which I but I don't have either one yet. So, but that's kind of what's new for me. Now I'm just sitting, waiting, wishing on uh, my gear to come in. I didn't so. know you had a father. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, he died, but like, that's cool. Oh uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was dark. Now I feel like a dick. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, I do have the father pedal. Um, it it's a really nice pedal. That's actually the only reverb I use besides whatever's built in on the amp, uh, on my Kemper that I'm using. So usually I use kind of a hall reverb, and then if I really want, if I want a modulated crazy reverb, I throw that on, and it's, it runs through my effects loop on my Kemper. Nice. I'm looking forward to buying that off of you when you impulse buy something else. <laughs> so Scott, actually, uh, if, if no one kind of knows, well, I don't think anyone would know. Um, Scott bought my King of Tone. I think that's the only thing you really bought for me. But when I sold, I sold a bunch of stuff to get my Kemper and Scott was one of my buyers. I like put in a group. I, I think I sold most of my stuff within 24 hours to buy the Kemper. Oh, it was a fire wow. sale. Yeah, it really was. I like I went on and. It was all th- through every group. I sold the Strymon Trinity. I had a Mobius uh, Timeline, Big Sky. I sold my King of Tone. Um, I can't remember what else I sold. But that pretty much right there, those four kind of covered the cost of my Kemper for the most part. So I think I sold some other stuff here and there. But I kept most of my drives besides my King of Tone. And uh, that's what Scott's referring to, which I actually haven't sold anything in quite a bit. Um, I'm kind of pretty content with my board right now. So I think right now I'm just kind of acquiring stuff and collecting. So let's see. Let's go on to our news. What's new? Uh, Scott, you want to talk about the new Elixir strings? Yeah. uh, So this was announced at Music Mesa, which I think everything that we have here today is an item for Music Mesa, which is a big trade show out in Germany for European retailers. Uh, Elixir is coming out with a, a few new sets. Uh, 
string sizes and uh, mainly focusing around seven string sets, which I don't think they offered previously at all. Everything was six string sets. Um, everything will be in their OptiWeb or NanoWeb series. And this is kind of a byline in the bottom, but I think the biggest deal that they're doing now is they're going to be selling individual strings as well. Oh, interesting. Which was always that. the complaint of Elixirs is you'd, you'd break your high E or whatever, and then you couldn't replace it. So, But I'm a firm believer you, if you're replacing one string, just replace them all. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. I don't I, – I like I get the – I think the buying the single string thing made more sense whenever guitar strings seem to be more expensive in like relation to other items. But for me, I've never understood the like, I understand changing one string really fast. If you're like in the middle of a set and you need to like get it, mm-hmm. you just need to make it through. But wouldn't you just, for me, I would just buy a whole set of strings and just have that as my like backup strings. And then like, I have one of each. I just, I don't understand that. And it seems uh, like people buying elixirs are people who, so elixirs being more expensive, seem like it's probably bought by a demographic that can afford to just change all their strings. Yeah, but when you have elixirs, like, you don't replace your strings as often because they're coded and they're supposed to last longer than something like um, a basic bare metal string that kind of burns out after a week or mm-hmm. however long people play strings. I mean, it, it's different for everybody. <laughs> But uh, so like when you have a set like Ernie Ball Slinkies, which are fairly affordable strings, yeah, like which six is surprisingly, bucks a set, five, yeah, six and it, which is Guitar Centers. That's usually the brand that they'll sell individuals on. Yeah. Um, I don't totally see the need for that selling individuals there, but um, I also like I, I had a guitar that would go through high E strings pretty quickly for whatever reason like it was just a a bridge that needed breaking in or one of those kind of scenarios so i had like three or four string sets that were just missing a high e you know and like they were fairly incomplete so like buying individual strings at that point makes sense but i mean at at the point i'm at now i just have a i have a ditch pair that i've I've picked one from or so well but if you're all right so unless you live like walking distance from your like guitar shop it seems mm-hmm. almost like you're spending the gas money going there might as well get a whole set well like uh there's oh, who was it i got a free set of strings somewhere at a guitar show and they would actually include two high e strings and two b strings like they that just m- it would have be, been string joy uh it was a mainstream oh it was dr uh, DR strings included. Okay. It, it yeah, was eight in a pack. When I used to use those. Yeah, just because it's... people go through the high E or the the B faster than they do the wound strings. Sounds like so... you're really confident in your own products when you're like, yeah, no, that's gonna fail, dude. So here's an extra one. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 the high E, high E string. No, that ain't staying on there that long. Here's here's an extra set. <laughs> it did fail like within a day so Ooh. yeah the only time a high e string I, the only time i feel like strings should fail relatively fast is if you're using alternate tunings that require like if you're doing goo goo dolls and you're tuning your tuning your high e up to like an f or an f sharp and you know like you're doing all this and you're putting it outside of the range that it's really set for 
like then yeah i expect a fail or a possible fail because we all do the thing where you're tightening it up and you're like turning your head because you don't want to get popped (laughs) in the eye because you're scared for some reason even though it's never happened to you you're just like this will be the day like final destination you're like i just feel it today's (laughs) the day i'm going out like this so (laughs) i just it's i don't know man i the weird thing is for me though on elixirs is i don't associate elixirs with extended range and seven string because when i think of extended range and seven string i know jason fuzzmonger listens to this um and i think he could probably talk more about it so he'll probably say something in the group so if you if you're not part of our group join in and whenever we say something stupid by we i mean myself whenever i say something stupid you're more than welcome to go in there and correct me and i'll be like yeah probably okay bye um clarify that you're only welcome to comment on when diaz says something stupid the rest of us no but definitely diaz definitely me um so the uh so when i think of seven string players uh and this is completely stereotyping um i think of people who are buying cheap strings um because most of these guys are playing on a budget they're they're like when i think of people who are like budget players like it's seven string guys who are playing in you know, these death metal bands and all this stuff. And they're playing through, um, like, uh, lower end pedals, uh, using whatever cable they can find. I think that's kind of just, that's just what I've kind of dealt with and not in a bad way, but that's just the, the interaction I've had with a lot of players. So I think it's kind of weird. Cause I don't really, they're not, they don't fall into the tone snob category. Um, in my opinion, usually, usually there I, are i think I mean, it's just it's not vintage tons tom tone snobbery it's yeah. it's the modern stuff and so i think just because i fall into the vintage category uh i, I just don't think i interact with this side of the world very much yeah i will i mean i definitely don't interact with them in a sense of i just i've it's like kind of like whenever you're a high let's say i'm a middle schooler we'll say in the seven stringers are high schoolers because I don't want to make it sound like I'm better than them when I'm high school. Because I'm, I'm not. It's just two different worlds. Like, th- how often do the high schoolers and the middle schoolers interact with each other? So, like, sixth grade and seventh grade. Talking about, like, it's just you don't see the interaction I'm that not much. following this analogy at all. <laughs> like, you're in different worlds. Like, you're not, you don't hang out in the same circle. Fine, the goth kids and the jocks, or whatever, however you want it. The, the band kids and the science club. Well, those probably go together. But, yeah, probably. <laughs> but like, you, you, come on, someone's got to see my point. Like, you're, you're just in a different world, so you don't really pay that much attention. Yeah. But, like, when I, like, if I'm in pedal boards of doom or whatever, like, they, like, crap on Strymon all the time. And I, I live in a world where if you've got Strymon, you got tone. So. Well, they also crap on Boss, so. There's no perfect well, world there. Yeah. I mean, my whole thing is is that, but I don't see that that world like going nuts over these strings. Yeah. I feel like Elixir is tapping into a market that they don't really need. There's no need for them there. When I think I, Ernie Ball, seven strings, uh, DR, seven strings, you've got these other brands that can be found in Guitar Center. Um, and. I mean, elixirs are found in Guitar Center, but I don't see them saying, "Oh yeah, well those that sets nine dollars for, but these sets are going to be sixteen dollars." I'm going to get the sixteen dollars strings. Like they're just not, and I don't see them with the mentality that uh, the people I run with have. I mean, my the strings I bought were was a twenty five dollars set of strings. Like 
I don't see them doing that. I see people like us, well, me and Scott at least. I know Chris. I have them too. You have them too. So like our world doesn't interact (laughs) so much with their world. So I just kind of see, I I just don't see the point of it from Elixir, why they're doing it. I, I think there's some demand, but I don't think there's enough to like really make a big fuss about it. Yeah. I could see myself, uh, I do want to get a baritone at some point here. And just because I play elixirs everywhere else, I could see myself picking up a set and just never putting the high E on or something like that. But yeah. Dude, I want a base six. That's like the closest to baritone I want. I want a base six so bad. Yeah. Random fact. If anyone's buying me something (laughs) for Christmas that's listening, base six. Send it my way. My wife doesn't listen to the podcast, so no one's going to buy it for me. Well, let's move on. Uh, Yeah. Chris, you want to lead us on this uh, Martin's new announcement? Uh, If I can find the tab that I opened it up in. Okay. It is the Martin Limited Edition Black Walnut Acoustic Guitar. Uh, The guitar is not not black, by the way. Just throwing that out there. Uh, So, and skimming it, I don't see it clarifying which part of it is black walnut is just the fretboard or is it the entire guitar back and there a lot of walnut back and sides gotcha because they're comparing it to rosewood and mahogany that's got to be back and sides okay well yeah uh to me looks cool uh acoustic guitar is not quite my thing so when people bring stuff out like this it's like okay i guess that's cool <laughs> It looks nice, but I think so. We talked about um, the uh, on was it the last episode or two episodes before we were talking about the Taylor and Dave Matthews and all that fun jazz and and how we feel about acoustics. Um, so let's see, promising clear, bright trebles and the perfect amount of bass um, kind of sounds like they're shooting for a Taylor sound. Because yeah. I mean. I wonder what the street value of this is going to be. Did anyone see that? Uh, they haven't announced it yet. Okay. Uh, it's I, one of those. It, where... It's funny because this is like verbatim what they say about the, the Taylor 400 series, which use Ovuncle instead of Mahogany and Rosewood. They're like, it sits right in the middle of the two woods and it, it's perfect. You know, it, it this just seems like what everyone says about a wood that's not Mahogany or Rosewood. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't look like it's one of Martin's higher ends. Like it really has that kind of uh, low it's end a, look to it. It's an unbound fretboard, so that kind of probably places it around like the sixteen series. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know numbers of series. Yeah. So I was. I was really excited about it when I saw the announcement, and then I kind of read through the article and got sad again. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know if you guys remember this. I disappeared at Nam um, last year at Summer Nam because I was trying to chase down a guitar that I played when I was like 15 in Nashville. Uh, I was at Groons with my parents, and I played this like triple O bodied Martin that was made of walnut, hmm. and I've never been able to find it again. And I've like been the style it. or that exact guitar? Uh. Well, like that style of guitar is a thing, but it just never with walnut. Okay. 
And it was just, there was one of those moments like, you know, when you get handed a guitar that you know you like, but then like the instant you touch it, there's usually like this connection. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. that, that was, was like, the, that was the first time that ever happened to me. So, it, you know, I've just been kind of dreaming about this guitar. I could not afford when I was a teenager and I was older with a credit card. And so <laughs> I thought about it, but I went to, I went to Groon's new location cause the first time I went there was back when they were on Broadway. Um, and they just, I was talking to the guy and he's like, stop chasing it. It doesn't exist. Like the shop guy just like totally killed my dream. So Listen, I, I left. If they build then, it, you will come. Yeah. <laughs> I went and ate my that, feelings that night and then drove home to Chicago. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> what if the, listen, all right. So there's a, one of my favorite comedians was Stephen Wright. And I don't know if you know who he is. He's a very dry pan short joke comedian he talked about he said he was trying to go to a uh he's like i went to a movie rental place and uh, i'm trying to find this movie it's about a submarine that was made of styrofoam that would never go underwater (laughs) (laughs) the guy was like the guy was like no dude that was your dream you had last night he's like how do you know that he goes because you were in here yesterday trying to rent the same movie he's like all right i'll be back next week to see if you have it in stock that's what they're, that's that's scott trying to find this guitar the guy's like no it just it didn't exist oh stop I, I've Googled it so many times, like Walnut Martin, and I couldn't find anything. He's like, on the dark web trying to find it. He's like, <laughs> like there's some conspiracy to hide this from him. <laughs> well, here's your oh, chance. You, I, might, you might be able to get, a, maybe this will like fall into kind of that category that you were looking for. Eh, I mean, it's yeah. black walnut, so I don't I, know. I'll need to look what, what, uh, what the GPCE shape is, because it was definitely not a dreadnought that I played. But oh. best of luck on your endeavor, Scott. All I know is this year you can't disappear because we're actually going to be doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we're I like know, I, in the I, in the middle of an interview. We've got like some big name person <laughs> we're talking to, and then all of a sudden Scott just runs away. We're just like, what the heck just happened? He's like, I saw the guitar. Gotta go. It's <laughs> like don't mind him. <laughs> oh, well, no, no, no. There, there's allegedly going to be a guitar there that we just found out about that I might have to disappear with at some point at Nam. You can't steal the guitar. They know who we are yeah. now. They've got they've got our addresses and everything. Uh, Kevin Equitz already has my address, so yeah, I can't disappear from him. Uh, oh wait 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 hold on. How does does he he has your address because he should be shipping you something or? Uh, I have shipped him things. Oh, uh, well, that's less fun. I know it's less fun. I was but... kind of hoping you were like gonna be like I'm spending a lot of money on a very nice guitar. Uh, I would not rule it out yet. Yeah, I know that uh, Marissa's been pushed Scott towards, or not Scott. That would have been kind of weird. <laughs> Chris, I'm talking. Well, Scott was just talking. I think you mentioned it towards Chris at one point. About getting into quits? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've been emailing him off and on a couple of months ago about getting a uh, Ashford made, but like oh. super <gasps> custom because he does like pinstriping and stuff sometimes so i was gonna have him do i'm making noises over it. here i gotta get away from the mic <laughs> he, he makes he makes beautiful guitars like he really does like it's, really it's one does. of those it's one of those where you look at it and it is uh and it's like an, a piece of art yeah. and it's a unique design too i it's not oh here's my les paul shape that i altered slightly it's it's a fairly unique design yeah that's kind of like um who else did I like Walsh guitars? I don't know if you've ever checked them out. Drew Walsh makes them. 
um, I talked to him years ago in Gear Talk Praise and Worship whenever he was still doing copies and uh, or styled guitars, like T-style, S-style. What is Les Paul style? What do you call the LP style? Yeah. Yeah. He was doing those style guitars, and then he actually went off. He like got a new job up in the Pacific Northwest area as a worship leader or maybe a senior pastor. I think it's a worship leader, though. And uh, he like went off the grid and then he came back and he's like, I'm not doing those anymore. I'm going to do only original designs. And the stuff he's put out looks killer. Yeah. So we should, if you want to send me a guitar, Drew, I'll do a demo next year. <laughs> or send it to Chris and he'll get it done sooner. <laughs> oh. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Raise your hand if you're sitting on a uh, Walrus audio pedal that you're supposed to do last year. Yeah, Marissa. I just, yeah. <laughs> So clearly, I'm the responsible one, and all demos need to be shipped to Scott. So, <laughs> I think I think we'll just come up with a rule: as if if you if you bait them in, you get you get the good stuff. So <laughs> it just works that way, unless someone gets something that like totally doesn't fit their style. Like if they sent me like a I don't know, like a Les Paul Jr. that looked like Billy Joe Armstrong would play, I'd have to give it to Chris. I'd feel like a total jerk for holding onto it. <laughs> I mean, Am I the only strap player out of us? Uh, I have a strat, but I don't play it very often. I was just talking about how I need a strat, but I'm not like, I don't like sit there and say, oh, I've got to have my strat this week because I don't have one anymore. I sold it to get my SG. So let's see. And then we got our next bit of news. If we can get back on track, Line 6 Power Cabs. So they're coming out with um, new Power Cabs uh, with an FR flat rate, flat response design. Which, if you ask Cole Duke, who is a uh, online persona of him, like that of just next proportions, um, how he feels about that, it'll always be fun. So yeah, this he's, uh, a, he's an avid supporter of these. So I mean, every time you yeah. see a new one, tag him probably in tag it. him. Yeah, let yeah. him know that you know the effects loop wanted him to know that it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly, mostly Diaz wanted him to know. <laughs> but um, so the Power Cab, they've got a 1x12 and a 1x12 Plus. Uh, it's 1x12 active speaker systems that deliver an authentic amp in the room playing experience when paired with any modeler, profiler, or even an, an, or even an amp simulation pedal. So pretty much what it's supposed to do is it's supposed to go after something that is modeling an amp. And uh, I love how it says an amp in the room playing experience. Like, what makes an amp in a room sound like an amp in a room is the speaker in the room. So yeah. I don't know. I think that that's like one of the biggest like arguments of it is it seems like they're trying to make it out to be more than it is, but it does have some pretty cool stuff because it does have different speaker models uh, that you can mm-hmm. plug in there, which is kind of neat. If you want to use, if you're not running direct, like say I'm using my Kemper and I don't want to run direct, I'm playing in a club that just, that's not really a sound option to use. Um, mm-hmm. It would be really cool. You can change how your cabinet would sound. Um, it can be used as a uh, monitor if you're not using in-ears and you're using a stage monitor, um, but you're still running direct because on my because on a Kemper you can do both. Um, but it, it's pretty cool. Um, the pedal, the Power Cab 112 Plus, has uh, an advanced system in it. It's got a two-inch LCD, 128 user preset locations, MIDI in and out, which is pretty cool if you're changing uh, an amp or a setting on your helix or Kemper or whatever you're using, you can change the cabinet with it, uh, which Kemper already does. So if you're running, if you're running out with a Kemper, you're probably using the built-in cab simulation. So you really just want a flat rate 
our flat response, which is pretty much just using a speaker for like a PA system. But it is pretty cool. The price range, I think, is like it's $600 for the 1x12, the power cab, and then maybe 700 or 800 for the 1x12 plus. Yeah, I think um, that's what I saw. So it's pretty cool because it does look like a speaker cab. Um, I think very few people are doing it like a speaker cab. Mission Engineering has a 2x12 that's set up as a 4x12 uh, slant cab. Um, and then I know Friedman has one and, uh, I think that's pretty much it for right now. I'm sure there's some other ones. Um, the, uh, tech 21 power engine. Okay. I'm not familiar with that one. That's without the speaker modeling, right? It just does. It's just whatever that speaker is. It's a powered speaker. Yeah. With the tech 21. This. Yeah. Yeah. And then. I think that's the thing that sets the Line 6 apart from everything else is that this actually lets you pick what type of speaker it models. And then you, it also allows for uh, IRs, which I believe are impulse responses. Yes. Um, which I'm not really familiar with that and how that works, so I haven't dug into that. So does anyone here really know how that works, Scott? Uh, Chris? Nope. I took a whole class on it in okay. college. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. What's not IR basic, 101. Yeah, it, it just it's how you simulate how something responds to signals. Hmm. So would that be more like if you're playing like and it responds responds to how hard you strum and stuff like that or is it towards the tail end of your chain? Uh it should. Okay. It should respond to both your dynamics and your your time window. Okay, so Jamie um, Davis uh, is... I'm going to mention him because he got mad because I didn't mention him. I think the last time we talked about Helix, he made... But uh, Jamie Davis, if you're out there, post in the group. Let us know. We probably should get him on for an episode at, at 1.2. Um, <laughs> he'll be like, for a long-time listener, first-time caller. Just want to let you know <laughs> that you guys don't know crap about the Helix. I, I just um, want one of the stickers. That's all I really am after. I have so. one. Oh, I have one on my uh, bottle. Oh, I'm sad now. Uh... <laughs> All right, going back to the the Line 6 speaker. Uh, So one of the things I didn't get on this totally, um, it's like signal level that you put into it. It's it's not like you can run an amp head into this thing and simulate different um, uh, speaker models, right? Like, unless you're running, like, out of the preamp out of Yeah, unless you were doing, like, a direct out or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think it has the ability to handle that big of a. Yeah, it doesn't have a power soak yeah. in it. No. Yeah, I'm gonna say it that big of a load. I don't think it can handle it. Yeah. So, so that's, to me, that's where my head immediately went when I saw this was, oh cool, I can put my amp head on top of this and then I can determine if I like a greenback or an Alnico blue, you know, all the classic speakers or like, say you want an AC15 or an AC30 and you pair it with this thing. And then you can determine which kind of model you want because, like, there's amps that come with various speakers, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, like, the main thing is because this is a powered speaker cabinet. This is a powered mm-hmm. uh, speaker. Um, yep. So having that would run into it would probably cause a big issue. Um, so that's like I've got a powered Kemper head. I wouldn't want to go out of my powered output into it. I'd be running – I'd want to run XLR most likely. Um, or I could still do instrument cable out of uh, the unpowered output. Or if you buy the advanced one, you can send it AES EBU. 
<laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, I don't listen to hip hop. So. <laughs> it's it's sure. it's a digital signal over XLR, multi-channel. But isn't that like a Line Six proprietary thing? No, AES EBU is uh, an open standard. Hmm. The L6 link uh, is Line Six, I believe. Though I thought we weren't getting political okay. with this. I I mean, didn't, I'm not sure how this is. You can plug. You can plug in whatever you want, wherever you want, guys. It's none of our business. So you just, you know, you do you. Everyone plugs in funny and to someone. In time so you stamp. blow this up, and then uh, Diaz was the one that told you to plug your hundred watt head into this. Yeah. I did not say that. I said, <laughs> I said you do you, but like that's it. You you just do whatever you need to do. That's it's none of my business. Listen, I voted for the weed guy, so like my. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you do whatever you want to do in the privacy of your home, okay? No one should interfere with it, unless it's the, with animals. <laughs> but the we'll, aforementioned we'll comments look at are the, later. The, the views of Jonathan Diaz only, and do not reflect those of the on the. Anyway, I'm just one of four here. That's 25, percent okay? So, all right, let's. It's a decent so, chunk. <laughs> something you could use the power cab with is your iRig stomps, which is our next thing. Um, which it looks like the very, very, very broke man's version of like a helix or something. Um, <laughs> not even close. Not e- it's, it looks, I don't even know. I, it I looks don't... like the old um, guitar rig uh, contact or whatever controller it was. Like they made a, a USB controller so you could use with use it with like guitar rig from native instruments. Do you guys remember yeah, that? Digitech yeah, Digitech had something similar that you just like plugged your iPad into and they had the digital the town. like digital stomps or something like that where you could like <laughs> reprogram it and everything. So this is like so um, a lot of people use the iRigs the the iRig with ulti, uh, IK multimedia. Um, it's pretty much it's really cool for like practicing. Um, I, my son has it to play bass with. He uses just the regular iRig that plugs into your headphone jack and he plugs his bass into it. And, um, I mean, it's, it's cool for what it is. Like the ampl it's like amplitude. That's what it's called. And, uh, they, it's really, it's fun as a toy. It's kind kind of like one of the things that's a novelty in my opinion. It's not something I would want to go to a gig or anything with. And the fact that you're putting your iPad right next to something you're stomping on asking <laughs> yeah. for dang trouble like what like i mean i'm just hitting pedals and half the time i like step funny and i wobble because i'm uncoordinated as heck and the, it just you're asking for trouble because you're not just breaking like uh how much is this thing supposed to be like four hundred dollars three hundred dollars you're not going to just break yeah there it is three hundred dollar thing you're breaking a six hundred dollar ipad like this is just and for three hundred dollars for an accessory, like I get that it's a cool accessory. I'd say this is more like in the hundred fifty to two hundred dollar range. It's something yeah, I'd be you a buyer. Could get at. a used uh, Line Six HD five hundred HD five hundred X, or the Firehawk less than yeah for less than this, and you don't yeah. have to have an iPad. Yeah, it seems yeah, kind of like that's dated technology. Whereas the amplitude is supposed to be the current gen, but right? It sounds bad. Is the amplitude really current? <laughs> How long is it? I've had an iRig. <laughs> when was the last update? Ever <laughs> and it like anytime I log into it, I'm just like, yeah, okay. 
I mean, I, have you do you have you paid for anything in it, or are you just using the free stuff? I guess this is true too. I'm only using free when I just want to point out. Hold on, hold on. Scott almost said a bad word, but <laughs> just <laughs> throwing that out there. Uh, no, I I've paid for stuff like and it's it still doesn't oh. sound amazing to my ears. Like it's it's like oh yeah, that's neat, but it's not like you plug in and you're like this is inspirational. Like when I get something, I want something to like inspire me to at least play toward like play something that, that was just kind of like, Oh yeah. Okay. Like the line six pod farm, uh, was more fun and sounded better in my opinion than that. Well, I was looking on guitar center site, so this might not be strictly geared towards, uh, whatever the app was because you can plug it into like your macbook so if you're using like GarageBand or uh whatever the one everybody uses for keys but also ha- main stage you might mm-hmm. actually be able to use it with this too and those get pretty yeah. decent sounds yeah. yeah but still not 300 dollars worth of controller when you can get a Bluetooth thing to do the same thing. So this, uh, I feel like I this is going to be close to though. the exactly what happened with the kind of excitement for um, Zoom's new multi effects pedal that came out, and everyone was like, "Oh yeah, it's going to be really great!" And you never mm, saw it nobody again. Nobody bought it. <laughs> I think this is going to be like one of those things. I think, like, like I guess people. Boss's uh, GT one thousand. You don't see anybody using yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, "Oh no, no, well." It's got all of the boss pedals to do it. And you're like, yeah, no, no, that's great. And then you never hear anything again. I think this isn't going to make a splash on the market at all. So maybe it'll prove me wrong. And maybe in a couple episodes we'll listen. Or well, maybe next year we'll listen and be like, oh, wow. Diaz was an idiot. But probably not. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, not more, impor- more important before I, I would jump on board for this would be the amplitude needs to improve, right? Oh, completely. Because like. It the iPad is a very powerful platform. There's no mm-hmm. reason why why we couldn't have a good um, sort of digital platform. I think the iPad's probably more powerful than the Helix or any of the. I mean, other look at GarageBand's built-in stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that actually like I love plugging in. I've got one of the Line Six Sonic ports that plugs into my iPad, and I've got the iPad Pro, the 12.9. And I love going in there and recording and messing around with that. Just going straight in and using the onboard effects there. Like, yeah. if yeah. honestly, I think GarageBand should come out with some sort of uh, pedal platform. Oh, could you use this with GarageBand on the iPad? Huh. Hmm. I, that hmm. would, that would, I'm sure they would never sell it like that because they want to sell AmpliTube and get all their add-ons bought. But mm-hmm. if they were to advertise it as you can use this with GarageBand and like set up presets and stuff like that, I would completely be down with that. I need to dig out my old iRig and old. I've had it for like three months. Uh, I need to dig out my iRig and try it with the GarageBand app. Yeah, I use, I know, um, is yours the one that plugs into the headphone jack and has the like the old school one? Uh, no, it's Lightning. Um, I have the oh, dual channel. Okay. Pro one, yeah, that's with the GarageBand app because they've got some pretty work, cool so. built-in stuff. Yeah, yeah, because I I use iPad signal processing all the time. I I have an app that lets me do acoustic testing, 
and run a measurement grade microphone into it. Like it's fantastic using their iRig Dual Pro, I think it's the name for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so that's all there. It's it's just a matter of is the software there and ready to do it. Uh, the thing about and the thing about AmpliTube is um, whether everyone should admit this. If you don't, I think you're kind of keeping your head in the sand. The way something looks automatically changes the way you hear it, in my opinion. So if you have a pedal that looks really nice, your brain's going to trick you into making you think that it sounds nice as well. I'm sure it has to have some base of sounding nice, but if it looks sleek, that's one of the big things with with pedals. You look at a pedal and you're like, man, that thing looks ugly, and you plug it in and you'll you know you'll be like oh no that sounds really good but if it looks nice and already sounds decent it's gonna sound better in your head and i think that's the one thing with amplitude is it still looks old and clunky in my opinion so a lot of things we talk about uh like we talked about with the head rush is the user interface it it changes the way that you perceive things in my opinion the way something looks as well yeah so I was reading through IK's site, and there are some actual pluses to this. Uh, it looks like it can be used as like a mic preamp, uh, and it also includes like the full version of Amplitude, uh, Ableton Live, Light, and a oh. few other odds and ends. So I guess uh, I mean they I, that we watch we read it off of Music Radar. I think when they, if they really push the extra stuff, it'll be more. So if yeah, you get the this full would be amplitude, good for like the kid wanting to get into messing around with recording. Yeah, I mean, if this was my first rig, this would actually. I mean, it, it's all about if I can get amplitude sounding okay. Everything yeah. else on this, I'm actually fairly on board with. Um, I think their main market would be people who already use iRig for some yeah. sort of. Uh, mm-hmm. Like use it and enjoy it to some extent, and then you just you're making it seem better. You're you're allowing you to expand the way you use it. And more, it's kind of like selling an expansion pack. Yeah. So, well, I guess that moves us on. Does anyone else have anything to say about that? Mm. Not really. Feel free to we'll send us one to does. demo. Um, <laughs> Uh, I have never gotten any response from the IK media team. Every time they've sent me something like, would you like to demo such thing? I'm just always like, yes, and nothing. <laughs> They're like, we just wanted to know if you wanted to demo it. We weren't going to ask you to actually do it. We <laughs> yeah, <were just> <laughs> I guess that's what that meant. And it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, you're not actually going to get anything. Um, so we're, our topic this week is uh, we've seen it other places and uh, – it's it's kind of a a thing that people have been doing is is a is starting over with your gear, selling it all. If you got rid of all of your gear, or not even so much selling it, but if you had to start fresh, um, it, like little, like you had to piece your gear back together, um, what would you do? So, I uh, I think we were kind of talking about the topic and and kind of keeping it towards some budget stuff too, because I mean if I could start over, of, of course I'd pick, you know, this four hundred dollar pellet and everything, but most people don't get that luxury when they're starting fresh. Um, So uh, I think we can kind of start with like, uh, what's your necessity? If you think of a pedal board, what are necessities on your board? Chris? Do we have a budget in mind? 
uh, let's say, um, let's play the game. You have, you get four pedals. What, Ooh. what, like, what four pedals would you go with? Oh man, that's too few. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm going. No, this is like no. excluding tuner, correct? You're gonna uh, have no, that no, ex- excluding. There. So no, you're gonna I, put that Diderio um, screw on. Yeah, tuner no, no, you got you got a clip on tuner. <laughs> you don't, you don't get a tuner pedal. We're not. You don't have the money for that. You have to click oh, one. So on. then I got to invest in a buffer, then, don't I? Well, do you need a buffer yeah. for four pedals? Depends on the pedals. All right. Um, <laughs> for me, I would get. I would stick with my tried and true uh, tube screamer for my drive. Um, Just a standard TS9. Yeah, I'd probably get okay. a boost or some kind of other drive that had a boost built in. I don't know, like what, but probably. Where are you some, putting it at? I'd probably put it in front of the tube screamer. Okay. Then after that, I would have. Uh, and you can use two-in-one pedals. If you're using drive, you can use two-in-one. We'll let that one okay. go. Okay. Are, are we excluding multi-effect pedals, though? Yes. You cannot oh. get an HX or it can I, be. It can have. Be on my board anyway. It can have multi like. It could be like a Strymon Big Sky. It can have a bunch. Like it could be a like a computer, but it cannot yeah. do multi different effects. So helix effects either. off the limits. You know, one of those kind of things. Yeah. yeah. And then you're so everyone gets the same amp. Everyone gets a. Uh, um, let's say uh, Fender Super Reverb. Oh, in that case, then I'm getting a uh, Vox uh, <laughs> preamp pedal. Fine, fine. You get you can get the you can get the Fender Super Reverb, or you can get a Vox AC15. That works. Okay, the two uh, amps for, I want. Yeah. <laughs> so for delay, I would either do the ARP87 or the Strymon Dig with okay. uh, Daniel Shield's external tap mod, so that way I could always have two presets readily available. The tap counts as a pedal. Dang it. Then I'll Ooh. keep the... Uh, I'm, I'm kidding. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last, I would do the Matthews FX dual reverb with the Astronomer <clears throat> and Cosmonaut. Sold out on the website, sorry. Well, I would track it down or <laughs> just beg Rick to build we're, me one. We're going super trippers. Well, then I'd put wings on it and fly away. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you've got all right. So let's recap. You've got the uh, you've got a boost in front of a TS9 into the ARP 87 or the so you want you stuck with the dig though, right? You got to pick uh, one. I'd probably go dig just so that way I would have two presets. Okay, and then you've got the Matthew FX dual reverb at the end. Yep. So let's say, how much do you think that would run? So let's say what, like seventy five bucks for the TS nine used boost pedal, about sixty seventy five bucks. Yeah, if I want the higher end. Dig, we'll say you bought that. So like, we'll say used the digs two fifty. And then you had to have it modded, so that's three hundred. Yeah. So that's what uh, hundred four fifty right there, and then the dual effect is three hundred, so that's yeah. seven fifty. So that's not bad. Seven fifty for four effects and uh, running into an amp. So that's not bad. All right, Marissa, four pedals. Pick one. Um. Would this be bass rig for you? Yes. Okay, so Tech Twenty One. Sans uh, amp. Ba- yeah, Sans amp. We're going to put her board together for her. And you're like, well, you're, gonna... <laughs> you're like, well, you need this, you need this, you need this. She's like, okay. 
sure. my head immediately goes compressor when you're talking with a bass. Yeah, no? definitely a compressor. Would you want the Matthews effect? Uh, engineer. Engineer. Yes. That's their. That's his bass <laughs> pedal, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it's the bass drive. Yeah. So we got engineer Tech Twenty One Sans amp. You got two more. Hmm. Is that it? Yeah, because yeah. you're, you're not. She's odd like two. Like me, you wouldn't want like a reverb or delay. Oh no, dude! No, 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 no! You're gonna. You've <laughs> got to have me. a wah. You got to have a wah a if you're gonna do wall. some bass. <laughs> yes, bass I'm bars. sorry. That's what you would need. Get yeah. a Pelotar you need or something a, to put on yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, Chris. No, Chris went. Scott. Yeah. Yeah, I'm struggling to think about four. I, the the no multi effects thing is killing me because I I immediately think oh I'd get an MS3, and then just base things around that. Um, yeah. Because that seems like a great starter or a great platform to build around. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, it, there would have to be some type of clone clone in there, if not a real clone, because that's like my favorite overdrive sound right now. <laughs> so we're well, why don't we just say it's a thousand dollars? Yeah, we're, yeah. Uh, uh, well, uh, yeah. KTR, we're, talking, we're trying to keep Archer it budget. Something you know. <laughs> I say you stick reasonable. with an archer. Yeah, I already have an archer, so I guess I'm not really starting over. Um, well, you can still use the stuff you have. I'm saying, but like, yeah. if if you had to start over. Because you can yeah. always buy back what you already had and loved. Yeah. Um, I think I would keep my uh, Chase Bliss uh, Tonal Recall. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I just love We're like going, but you're like, no, no, no. $500. I was like 20 pedals down to four Remember right now. That is within somebody's budget somewhere. It, it was in my budget at one point. Um yeah, uh, that or, I mean, like, I I really don't need it, and I the Line 6 DL4 does so much. You know, it would be one of those two, because I need a delay pedal. Well, let's go with the DL4. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's stay budget. We're... You, got a lo- you got a looper in there, too, so. Yeah, um, especially, like, I modded mine, too, so it, it can go to looper mode without having to actually switch anything. Yeah, um, so DL4. I... I've really been loving the demos I've been seeing of that the the source audio uh reverb that dual the, reverb pedal the Ventress Yeah, that thing sounds incredible. No, not the wait, is it the Ventress? I think it is. Yeah, Nemesis is the delay. I should know I own one. Yeah, Nemesis uh. is delay, Ventress is reverb. Um but I don't know if like that's a top 4 pedal. Um like I I think I'd sooner have two gain pedals than I would uh I don't know. We'll come back ha- to Scott because he's over, I, he's having like an identity crisis over this. It's <laughs> like how I do can't I have less pedals? Um, <laughs> All right. No, yeah, I I would I do the clone clone. I really love my love pedal uh, Kalamazoo as well for an overdrive, and the two okay. stack together really well. So I I would keep those two. Um, I need a delay, so let's say let's keep the DL four. Um, I have trem and spring reverb on the amp, so because it would be a Fender, and mm-hmm. um, let's say 
you know, lately for me, chorus has been a pretty big staple of what I've been doing. So I would I would keep my um, Julia from uh, okay. Walrus. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, so mine would be, um, I'd have to use uh, a Prince of Tone because that's a it's a great pedal that just sounds awesome. I would have a uh, for delay. I'd probably put a Danico. So I'm going pretty budget on that one. You can buy uh, those. That's used a great for- pedal. Amazing pedal. It's one of the best yeah. sounding delays. The only issue with uh, Dan Echo is it takes up too much space and it has too <laughs> many failures. Um, was the that the 18 volt one or was that only the chorus? Mm-hmm. That ran the Cool Cat 18? chorus was 18 volts. Okay. Um, and then, uh, so I'd go with the Dan Echo for delay. Um, I'd have to mod it with the, uh, you take out one of the resistors and you jump it over and it goes into self oscillation mode. So like if you go high up enough up on the um, mix or the repeats or something, I forgot which knob it is, um, it would be the repeats. You can actually go into self-oscillation. So that's two. Um, I'd have to pick the half horse from Pelican Noise Works hmm. uh, so I could have a fuzz and it's a really good distortion pedal. And no, 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 no. I take that back. Yeah, no, let's keep that one. Uh, <laughs> dang it. Dang it. I really want my woodcutter on there. Um, but I, I'd, I'd have to add a chorus, too, because I do like a good chorus. I've got, I'd have to say, an Ibanez CS9 chorus. So those would be my, f- I picked four, right? Dan Echo, then uh, Prince of Tone, CS9, and Half Horse. Those would be my four. If I was starting over, so nice. most of all um, most of those pedals can be found for used about one hundred fifty dollars or less. Mm-hmm. So I'd use reverb and trim built in on the amp. So okay, so the fun one to ask everybody around the circle one more time: if you had to start over completely and only buy one guitar, oh. I'm buying an SG. <laughs> SGs have such a wide range. I don't people. I don't think people realize how twangy an SG can actually get. Um, they when you hit the when you go on treble on SG, it can get awful twangy. So, and then it really if you go into that middle position, you really get the nice thick dual humbucker sound. And then on the neck with high gain, uh, like a distortion, is just heaven. Chris is getting a Les Paul Jr. No, actually. Oh. If I could only get one, I would either get... I want to say custom shop, but that could either mean from Gibson or from like a boutique builder, but probably a double cut uh, special two. That's that way I have... Uh, neck and bridge pickups it'd probably have a Bigsby on it too that or a Ashford so that way I have like a hollow body type sound with P90s <laughs> so 
spends Regardless, $150 be... on his pedal board, $4,500 on the guitar. Exactly. <laughs> so just give me one pedal at that point, and I'll call it a day. I just hit my mic on accident, so that's what that thud was. I'm like, Good job. Not... Sorry. Well, people need to know these things. i got to keep them in the loop of the recording guitar podcast community. <laughs> community. <laughs> By community, I mean four of us who aren't even in the same room. Well, two two people are in the same room. All right, are Marissa, we? if you had to start over, no more sparkle bass. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> that, that was just almost a whimper. Just like, <laughs> uh-huh. The uh, 2014 Adam Clayton, Adam Clayton uh, yeah. sparkle bass. No. No? No. no. Someone doesn't know their wife. Okay, well, This is like a then? bad version of the dating game. <laughs> We'll do that at summer now. Anyway, continue. I'd like to get like an older Rickenbacker bass. Interesting. Ooh, where's Albert when you need him? <laughs> so like a four thousand three. Yeah. What color? <laughs> like pulling information out of her. <laughs> doesn't matter okay no. does guitar so so guitar color doesn't matter to you no are you how, i think I'm how, she's so progressive in this family that cares about color <laughs> i care about color guys political views let's let's let's, let's. <laughs> it is 2018 you can be whatever color base you want to be <laughs> except sparkle apparently <laughs> yeah no sparkles allowed sparkle and that's why we've got. <laughs> it was nice knowing you guys. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess so. She wants an old school Rickenbacker, any color. So if you've got one laying around, you can that send you it to Marissa. It. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I, I don't think there's ever not a need. All right. So Scott, pick a guitar. He's. Um, I know what he's gonna say. I'm gonna write it down really yep. quick. All right. Write it down. <laughs> I'm actually we reading Dr. book. So. I no I, no I'm, no he's gonna do a strat. I'm think, a strat. I'm actually thinking about the Paul Reed Smith uh, Silver Sky as an option. Oh. <laughs> um, I don't I don't really not that it's after a bad it. guitar. I just no. What's see the thing is it sounds like a good strat to me. It doesn't sound like I so I have the the John Mayer strat um, from Fender. It doesn't have that sound. Which is what I really love about that Strat. Um, those Big Dipper pickups, man. Yeah, they're, those are awesome. So um, I, I've been playing my Les Paul a lot lately. And other than it just being freaking heavy, I love that guitar. So, And I've got coil taps and I've got the whole you know crazy switching system in that. So if I only had one guitar, I could really get away with that and and do a lot i'm really surprised that that design is not copied more the two volume two tone the just the Les paul like look at i mean yeah look at sir in the the strat i mean there's the s style and t style and Mm -hmm. we're like the lp style is not one that's copied that often the last kind of advertisement i saw for one was Sir actually was doing the Les Paul style that was coming out. That was, I guess, going to be a limited run. 
but and then there's black 35 guitars which is a joke in itself (laughs) so if you own black 35 guitars and you hear this it's a dang joke um because all they do is take squires and knockoff guitars and distress them and even then they do a crappy job of that and then they sell them for a thousand fifteen hundred dollars so but you don't see them copied that often but except for chipson so chinese gibsons but oh, I, that's probably because uh, gibson's more into the litigation and suing yeah. than fender really is because i think fender's thing is it, it's the headstock i i think it has more to do with what gibson has been able to litigate versus what fender has been able to litigate i think fender has just been a the only thing they've really been able to claim and keep is their headstock. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I just think it's the less. I mean, a Les Paul guitar is a great guitar. I just, I mean, I own two Gibsons, but I mean, Gibsons quality control on them's just hit or miss. They put out so many of them that you just never know what you're gonna get. Like I would never buy yeah. a Gibson from an online retailer really and kind of guess what i'm going to get unless they had a guaranteed return policy so i got my gibson firebird through american musical and uh because they've got 30 days you can send it back i actually first bought on sale a charvel san dimas pro 2 or the dual humbucker one and uh i liked it and i had fun with it but i really it just wasn't a guitar i plan on keeping for a while like once i got it i was like yeah i'm not going to use this enough to really get it and i was like well let's see what else they've got i can return it and get something else and they had the sg in pelham blue and the firebird in pelham blue and because i'm a dave Grohl fanboy pelham blue <laughs> is the color and it's just a beautiful color it's it always it just looks classy it's mm-hmm. kind of like whenever you see like a pinstriped like 50s car like that's kind of what i think of when i see it kind of like an old uh like an old blue chevy white pinstriping like but i i got the gibson i was like man i don't know if i want to trust a gibson blind sight and uh if it wasn't for the 30 day 30 day return policy i wouldn't have gotten it so so there's another british podcast about guitars where this comes up a lot and they're always ranting about how this whole gibson quality control thing is a myth on the internet and i I, I don't really know I, I only know one instance of poor QC from Gibson and it was on a 2014. Okay, so Gibson I'll tell you about my kind of thought on Gibson quality control. Gibson quality control has its issues because all right, so I understand you're putting out more guitars than almost any builder in the United States. Fender and Gibson I'm sure they're right up there. Fender might put out more, um, but you're putting out all these guitars, and you know your your kind of your quality control is going to be shoddy, especially whenever you're in the financial situation they're in. And I'm sure that they can't afford to have a larger staff than is their bare minimum right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have gone to my local guitar center and picked up a Gibson and wondered what the hell is going on. And I'm sure a lot of that I've has to do with... I've thought that with every a, guitar that I've ever picked up in a guitar center. I've seen Paul Reed Smith's in just abysmal quality. The St. Vincent I tried at a guitar center was in poor quality. I, I think that has more to say about what guitar center 
allows yeah. to happen to their guitars versus if I bought it from Sweetwater. Yeah. Well, Sweetwater has their setup that they... Well, they well, they reject many... 10% of all guitars just on principle. Yeah. So uh, Guitar Center, I'm sure, doesn't because Guitar Center's also not in a great financial situation. Um, but the main thing is, is it seems like... And this isn't just like playing it in the setup's bad. Because I, I, you know, usually you can tell whenever guitar feels like it's just not set up right. But I'm talking about the feeling of the neck. Um, I just, what they're putting out now is totally different than 10 years ago. Um, they're just not, it's it, not everything's a gem. And I mean, it's not always going to be that way, but the just the way that we've gone into making guitars you're and you're comparing it to guitars that are made by smaller companies who can pay more attention to detail and gibson's just not paying more attention to detail as like they're not paying as much attention to detail as some of these smaller builders so i don't even know how we got on the subject (laughs) where did how did the fact that we all picked gibson's despite this reputation yeah yeah, definitely. Well, I'd probably buy a used SG. Yeah, if used or custom. So. Yeah, my SG uh, is a uh, 2014 uh, SG Original 2. So it actually was, they've got the like ones that are based off of the 60s series. That's why mine has a Maestro Bridge on it, which you really can't find those coming stock anymore. Yeah. Um, so that kind of makes it rare in that. And the, the, the model was discontinued. So we've got that. I, I think I'd have to pick my SG. I couldn't just pick any of them or it would have to be a certain model SG, something that, or like, that's kind of like the Angus young SG. If you ever got to play one of those, it was more of the sixties uh, style, late sixties and not some of these modern ones that they've tried putting out that are just kind of an abomination in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the ugly fenders parallels. <laughs> not touching that. We already touched that once before. Let's not go back. <laughs> not going back. So I think that kind of uh, hits. Oh, well, well, if we're going to start over, if you could pick one amp, what would it be? If you let's say this, if you, when you're, you're 16 years old and you're going to buy an amp. Think about that budget, and what would you suggest to a 16-year-old buying your, their first amp? Boss Katana. Hmm. It's 200 bucks. So my first guitar amp was a Crate GT15 or whatever whatever they were called. Yeah. It was garbage. Um, my first amp was a Crate. The blue one, the like 100 watt. Mm-hmm. Well, I forgot. It's a lot of power for a first amp. For a solid state, though, yeah, still, that's still. a lot of power. Oh no, it was it was loud. It had the the little three foot control where it had three lights, and they didn't really coincide that well. <laughs> it was like it was like one of the worst designs ever. You're like, you got to turn this one on, then this one on, then click this. But you could turn off the reverb. It was just the weirdest thing ever. But yeah, I definitely wouldn't suggest that. So Boss Katana, that's a good one to go with. Um, um yeah, it's like I have it now. It's. I, I, I'm not performing with it while well, I might. I left my amp at my 
at one campus because I'm there every other week for the next two months. But if I play any other campuses, I think I'm just going to take the katana. But uh, it, it's it just does so much pretty well, and it's so affordable. It's I have a hard time recommending anything else. Well, it's a it's a great sounding amp. Is another thing. It really does sound like it sounds phenomenal for the money you're paying. Honestly, if they were to double the price on it, I could still seeing it being, it's still worth the value. Yeah. I mean, then you'd be paying line six prices. So yeah, but you'd be getting boss quality, which is actually good quality. So Mm -hmm. in my opinion, boss has great quality products. Except for the metal zone. <laughs> uh, I'd have to. So if I suggest an amp, um, I'd have to go with Bugera, uh, like a V22 combo. Uh, it's a tube amp. Uh, it's got built-in reverb, and the reverb on it actually sounds pretty pretty good. Um, I don't believe it's an actual like built-in tank on the reverb, uh, but it does have a really good sound. Uh, it's a it's an ac style amp if i am correct uh and it has really good cleans and the dirt channel on it sounds great so you're and i think you can get those probably for about 300 used if i think that's about the market value on them how much are Uh, they new i don't know off the top of my head it might be less than that oh wait well i might be thinking of v55 because uh, I had a V55 head, but the V22 would be smaller. It'd be great for um, a uh, new guitar player. Let's see, Bugera V22. And you'd pick that over a Blues Junior or something like that. Oh yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't, I don't care for the Blues Junior. So let's see. Actually, V22 about 250 used. Brand new, 380. Uh, there's one on. It's 400 dollars new. On most websites, there I see one for three seventy nine ninety nine with free shipping on ProAudioStore.com. Um, so those are really good. They're really great sounding amps. Um, I used one for a couple of years and ju- and only sold it because I got the Kemper. Um, I profiled it before I sold it. But they. I, uh, oh, I'm. So, what, uh, I was gonna say, Chris, what do you got? Yeah, uh, I would talking. either do AC4 or uh, the Katana. That was just because I knew what I was trying to go for back in the day. Back in the day. What were you trying to go for back in the day? Uh, still kind of U2-ish. Uh, kind of uh, rock but I wouldn't want to like be committed to a Marshall starting off. I'd rather be able to have that like AC clean tone and then, you know, throw a maxed out tube screamer in front of it and call it. Sounds like you could probably get a Bugera V22. Possibly. So I was, I'm (laughs) I'm I'm also one of the weird ones that's like brand means something to me. So I would stick with Vox before trying something else yeah no i understand like there's definitely like brands behind like uh i think my first tube amp was a jet city jc22h the head 
uh, I used a Bugera 2x12 cabinet with it, and that was a pretty good sounding uh, tube head. It didn't have an effects loop, which really put me in the sense of I ran everything in front of the amp, and then I finally started switching to running in an effects loop, which is probably one of the best things I've done, in my opinion, because I can really start... I started using it where I can push... Um, if I'm using a tube amp, I can really push the tubes with uh, a dirt channel in front and it not distort... I can have an edge of breakup sound and it not distort the repeats or my reverb. Because there's nothing worse... Than, I, I've never understood how people are like, oh, this is my clean tone and it sounds dirty and they run everything in front of their amp. I'm yeah. like... you. Like, why would you want a dirty reverb? Like, I understand, like, at one point you probably want it, but I don't want that all the time. And people wonder why their sound sounds like mud. But that's another topic that was suggested to us that we'll talk about on a different episode. Hmm. Adam Dolhanek. Maybe. <laughs> he's like, he's, he got, I got him like 10. He's like, oh, they're going to talk about it. They're going to talk about it. No, nah, it's been too long. So, all right. I think that's a good spot to wrap up this episode. Uh, huh? What? 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 Huh? Carry on. <laughs> this is the old man podcast. What? Huh? What do you say? Did you say something? <laughs> ne- next year's April Fools. <laughs> it's just thirty minutes of us going. What? <laughs> All right. So uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, join the Facebook group. It's the Effects Loop. Uh, Instagram. We are the Effects Loop on Instagram. Yep. Um, we actually just cracked a hundred followers, which is pretty cool for us just starting out um so thanks for joining us on the effects loop i'm diaz i'm chris i'm marissa i'm scott all right we'll see you next time thanks guys bye guys bye, bye.